Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? Blue skies ahead. Blue skies ahead. That's good. You know, just take it. Ah, see, I see you, where you're see, going You don't even, even realize you say that anymore, do you? You said it so many it's times. Just, yeah, yeah, I guess I missed it. So blue skies ahead. Uh, everything's great. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad to and hear how that. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. No problem. <laughs> so listen, Jeff, we have several what you might call reoccurring themes on the show. Are we going to talk about one of those again? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you... Flexibility, like, sleep, okay. or... <laughs> I was going to ask you, what are the reoccurring themes? And you just hit like 66% of them, right? And then the last so is, we're going right. to talk about one of them. Which one do you want to guess? Uh, probably Flexibility. I'm never going to talk about flexibility. I should have Jeff. known that. As soon as it just came out of my mouth, I knew that you ever bring up. That is one thing I'm, I'm not going to get behind. So. Uh, or in front of or, <laughs> or around. Of. Side of, yeah. No, obviously flexibility is very important. But I want to talk about sleep today. It's so, actually been a while since we've talked about sleep. It has been. It has been. Uh, it, it is a reoccurring thing. We talk about it. It's super important. Well, it's especially um, important to me because we have three grand or four grandkids staying with us this weekend. Oh, you do? Okay. So town, then so. you are all about the sleep oh, yeah, this weekend. Sleep is so important. Yeah, you're, you're all about it. But Especially they're sleeping. <laughs> it has uh, it has been a while since we've talked we about have, sleep on has. the show. So I yeah. found this study, and I just knew that I needed to share it. Well, great. So in Newsweek magazine, it says that in a recent study conducted in South Korea, by the way, scientists found that different levels of sleep could have a negative effect on our overall health. So that's not wow. a surprise, right? No. But what they found to me was really kind of interesting, and the, and the significance of the study was interesting, too. So here's what they did specifically. Sleeping too much or too little has been linked to a variety of conditions which raise the risk of heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. See, that's what I was getting at when I said, oh, wow, is because it sounded like you're talking about not just too little sleep, but also too much sleep. Yeah, and that, that was the interesting thing to me is they, they found that there is a sweet spot that we want to shoot for. Yeah. So these scientists, they were trying to find the association between sleep and the condition known as metabolic syndrome. So metabolic syndrome is characterized by excess fat around the waist, Mm -hmm. increased blood pressure, high blood sugar levels, and out-of-kilter cholesterol or triglyceride levels. So when you're talking about metabolic syndrome, it's all of those conditions, and they're finding that there's a real link between sleep and metabolic syndrome. So this was, as I said, this was a significant study. It took place in Korea. Uh, between 2004 and 2013, so over a period well, of almost 10 years. Then. Very extensive. And uh, they took into account several factors that many studies don't include. They took into account things like information on demographics, medical history, medication use, diet, and exercise levels. So it's a pretty significant comprehensive yeah, really type study. To level the playing field. So here's what they found. Okay. Overall, 29% of men and 24% of women studied had metabolic syndrome. Wow. So they all had those symptoms that I just talked about. Um, As I I keep saying, this was a significant study, Jeff. They looked at over 133,000 Korean men and women. That took some effort, yeah. So this isn't just like, let's ask our neighbors what they're thinking. Like, this this was significant, right? Right. They, They were between ages 40 and 69, and they were asked in the past year, on average, how many hours slash minutes of sleep, including daytime naps, wow. did you get per day? 
And then they just added up that amount of sleep. They didn't differentiate between nighttime sleep and nap sleep. They just decided sleep was sleep, sleep. right? Mm -hmm. So their responses revealed that on average, those who slept fewer than six and more than 10 hours were at a higher risk of metabolic syndrome than those who slept between six to seven hours a day. You know, I can't even comprehend 10 hours of sleep a day. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Um, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how people No, I have a daughter that, that can but... do that, but I can't. Oh, do you? Okay. So men, this is interesting too, men who slept fewer than six hours, which was about 11% of their sample, were more likely to have metabolic syndrome and mm. a larger waist. Women who slept fewer than six hours, which was about 13% of their sample, were more likely to have a larger waist. And then men who slept more than 10 hours, so there are people out there that sleep more than 10 hours, but it's a small percentage. Only one and a half percent of the sample slept more than 10 hours. But when they got too much sleep, it was linked to metabolic syndrome and higher than normal levels of triglycerides. Wow. And then well, that women, makes sense because you're not doing anything to expel them. To, to burn them I, yeah, I think there's some yeah. logic there, right? But women who slept too much, which was 1.7% of the sample, carried a risk of not only higher triglycerides, but they also had metabolic syndrome. They had a higher waist circumference, and their blood sugar uh, was higher, as well as they had low levels of the good cholesterol, HDLC. Wow. So... Um, women were affected a little bit differently than men were, especially when it comes to getting too much sleep. So this survey, it sounds like it was survey, uh, a survey yeah. I mean, a written survey. Yeah, so self-evaluated. Self, um, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a survey that they did, but, but still pretty significant, 133,000 well, people. Amazing. The study didn't exactly find the cause and the effect tie between sleep and metabolic syndrome. So they're going to need to do more research to identify the biological mechanisms behind mm -hmm. the association. But scientists believe it might be due to a shift in hormones that boost the appetite or um, you know, other factors for those who get fewer hours of sleep or who are being less active because they're getting too much sleep. Well, I have to admit that before we started doing the show, I was probably on the six hours or less. Yeah. And after I, I try to get at least six and a half to seven hours a night. So yeah, well, it seems like that's the I sweet learned. spot. I there, there's what they call a Goldilocks zone. You don't want to get too much and you don't want to get too little. And right. it looks like it's between six to eight hours, according to this study, is uh, kind of what we want to shoot for. Well, and that's kind of consistent with most of the studies we've heard yeah. and, and read about. Yeah. yeah. But uh, interesting stuff. I mean, we've it already is. talked about brain health and now they're finding that, uh, you know, metabolic syndrome is uh, a factor when it comes to sleep as well. Well, you know, the only other thing we haven't talked about is our eating habits. Great segue. Great, great segue. So T totally, I just let's, out of the blue. I don't know how it happened. Let's move right into that. Today's guest is Dr. Rodney Hansen. Dr. Hansen is a professor at Weber State University, where, among other things, he volunteers as a coach for the men's and women's cross country and track teams. He received his undergraduate degree from Idaho State University, where he was a collegiate athlete, and his doctorate from Colorado State University. And Dr. Hansen, we are glad that you are able to join us today. Well, glad to be here. So, um. That sleep is probably not your area of expertise, but you've been an athlete and you've been in academia. You've you've kind of seen studies and so forth. Does does that make sense? Does that sound logical? What we just talked about? Oh, certainly. The, you know, you're talking about the metabolic syndrome, and that ties directly into a lot of nutritional and exercise parameters of health. And I uh, uh, one one thing I really want to uh, emphasize about what you just talked about: there is a balancing act. You can get too much and too yeah. little of. Of, of, of almost of anything, right? Yeah, but, and, but and that applies to, to pretty much anything, including nutrition that we'll talk about. Yeah, awesome. Well, as Jeff said, we're going to lead right into eating habits and uh, nutrition. 
And the thing that we're going to focus on, at least initially, is um, all these fad diets that you see out there. And um, I, I'm, I'm really interested to learn from you about this because every day it feels like or, or every week or, or so there's a new diet that pops up. And, um, you know, I do some research for the show. And so I'm always looking for health and wellness stuff. And I'm always seeing these diets, usually in an advertisement um, because, you know, there's money to be made there. But uh, I, I've got some curiosities about some of them. So to jump into it, what are fad diets? What, what are fad diets? Well, I, let me give you some examples of what I call fad diets. And that includes the keto diet, the ketogenic diet, uh, paleo, paleolithic nutrition, uh, low-carbohydrate, uh, high-fat diets. Like I would include the gluten-free diet, uh, Whole30. Uh, a couple of what I call classic fad diets are South Beach diet and Atkins. Uh, military and mono are a couple others I've heard about. Now, I... Uh, why are they attractive? Uh, and I'm going to answer this as an athlete. As athletes, we're looking for any kind of edge we can get, anything that gives us an advantage. That's and it, true. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be much. And so these diets, when they are pitched, they look very attractive. But because they have attractive people in the pictures, right? and they have attractive, and they and they usually <laughs> well, have somebody who's who uh, uh, has has done well on it. Yeah, and he's had some yeah. success with it, right? and they have some great pitches. I mean, great promises of uh, benefits. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you listed several um, examples that you would c- consider fad diets, and obviously, that's not a comprehensive list. Oh, there no, are other things that are out there. Um, without getting way deep into things, maybe help help us understand what's behind each one. So, so keto is a really hot one that I'm seeing just mm-hmm. a ton of stuff about right now. Yeah. What, what is it? What, what's the definition of a ketogenesis you talked about? What, what is yeah. that? Well, the keto diet is a, a, a diet that induces the, uh, the making of what are called ketone bodies. Now I'm going to back up uh, for just a minute and look at the big picture of all these fad diets there is one common theme that they all have, and that is they are one or some kind of starvation. Now, I think we can all agree starvation is not a good thing. No, and, no, I, I prefer not to starve at all. <laughs> you you know, agree when I talk that, to yeah. my students, I, I, I say, how many of you are into starvation? I've yet to see a hand. No after, one raises their hand. Yeah, no one raises that. their hand. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're all one or another kind of starvation. And I, I, we've all heard of starvation where you're not getting enough calories, you know, and, and uh, kind of that, uh, that prison camp kind of, of, of starvation. But there are other forms of starvation, too, where you're not getting enough uh, carbohydrate or maybe not getting enough uh, protein uh, or maybe uh, certain minerals or vitamins. Uh, uh, these are, are these fad diets all have a common theme where you're being starved of something that you need. Some kind of a nutrient that Some is kind important of to you. So to go back to the keto diet, what is that? In uh, my definition of the keto diet, it is a carbohydrate starvation. Mm. So you're cutting carbs. You're out cutting of your carbs, diet. and you need to have carbs. That, that uh, undoubtedly, you have to have carbohydrate to perform as an athlete. So there are all kinds of different versions of any number of these diets that you've mentioned. Exactly. But, but yeah. Essentially, keto seems to be like pile on the meats. Fats are great. Yeah, but, fats, but and, eliminate the carbs from your diet and and uh, restrict the carbs. Yeah. And and that is one. A uh, very common um, marker, as I would call, of these fad diets. What do you look for with a fad diet? 
all of them have some kind of restriction. They tell you you can't have something. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go back, and this ties in with your uh, discussion of the sleep. What uh, a diet, especially a performance diet, is a balancing act, not getting too much and not getting too little. Yeah. And uh, uh, you can measure it. It's based on, on, on science and, and looking at how much do you need to be able to perform. So back to the keto diet, it is essentially starvation of carbohydrate. Now, mm. uh, why do you uh, make these ketone bodies? It's a way of surviving, not thriving, not performing. It's a way of the body kicking in and saying, I'm going to have you survive to the next day. Okay. <laughs> but it really is not going to enhance your performance. No, it wouldn't. So, but one of the, one of the things, as you mentioned, that um, is so appealing is that it seems like it's working for some people, right? And I guess it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. But, but let's say weight loss, because that's mm-hmm. what most of us are trying to accomplish. Most of us, not yeah. all of us, but most of us. So um, what is it about this keto phenomenon that helps people lose weight? Well, uh, you know, a great way to lose weight is to starve yourself. To starve yourself. You know, <laughs> now, a couple things on starving yourself. Uh, it, it, with any kind of diet, and let's look again at the big picture, I, with any kind of diet, how many of them are truly successful with weight loss? And it's only about 5%. Especially over the long term. Long term, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's true. And that's really the key is the yeah, long that term. Is the you key. might lose 10, 15, 20, mm-hmm. even more, but does it stay off? Yeah, right? are you going to gain it right back? Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, the other part of that is, is uh, again, if you're trying to perform and, and lose weight, let's, let's focus on losing weight. Uh, my first question to someone who is doing this is, what kind of weight do you want to lose? And, and that's a valid question. Not, and, not one that we normally think about, but still a good question. Yeah. And usually it's like, well, you know, this, this, I want to get rid of this fat that I've got around my waist right here. Right. And, and uh, my, my quick answer to the keto diet is, well, when you look at, at how the biochemistry of that works, you, uh, you're starving yourself of carbohydrate. And uh, the weight loss that you're ultimately uh, losing is water weight because the water weight is coming from having to convert muscle, which is protein, into carbohydrate. Uh, now, and if you're not getting the carbohydrates, that's exactly, why that's happening, yeah. right? We're back to that concept of, of when I said that these fad diets, they all have a form of starvation. Mm-hmm. And again, looking at this from a, an athletic point of view and a coaching point of view, we're looking for any kind of edge that we can get. And uh, uh, starvation of any of the nutrients that we need are not going to get us there. It's not going to give you the edge. You are listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Dr. Rodney Hansen about fad diets and uh, some of the, you know, the new breakthroughs, the exciting Never before seen results that uh, people are getting, uh, quote unquote, getting from some of the fad diets. Um, another thing that seems to happen, and, and you mentioned this uh, off the air, but um, fad diets tend to romance that good guy, bad guy kind of a thing, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. They, uh, they start out with a restriction. Let's go back to the keto diet. You can't have any carbohydrate. You know, uh, right. it, it, that's the bad guy. Yeah. The good guy is, is fat and protein, proteins, you know, and so... We Americans, we love to play the game of the good guy, the bad guy. Well, it makes we it really do, easy. We yeah, do, it makes it makes easy. It easy. We do tend to like that here, don't yeah. we? 
So, um, so we've kind of picked on keto, but, and, and, you know, no, no disrespect or anything to anyone who's, who's, you know, jumping on that and, and trying to make that work for them. But there are some serious concerns, uh, with that particular one, but you look across the board at any of these, these quote unquote fad diets, and you're going to see a similar, um, standard for, for these diets. You're starving yourself of something, right? Exactly. So, um, what, uh, when when you're talking about your goals, and let's say that your goal is is weight loss, since we've kind of gone down that uh, down that road, what do you recommend? Because carrying around too much weight is also not healthy for you either, right? No, no, exactly. Yeah, too much fat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and again, there's a difference between the kinds of weights that you lose, right? So too much fat is not a good thing. So so what do you do? Well, uh, the the quick answer to that is is you've got to look at nutrition as being a balancing act, not getting too much and not getting too little. Now, uh, in addressing your diet and how do you put together a, a proper kind of diet, uh, you need to talk to a registered dietitian, an RD or an RDN. Uh, they can look at the diet. They can look at at uh, 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 what you are eating and and uh they can measure it okay and uh and that's a key point there is that you can measure how much you're eating you can look at what you're eating and i uh, and and measure it out and find that balance of what you need you're not going to get too much of anything and you're not going to get too little of anything either now i have to be honest one of the challenges i have when i talk to the the professionals is they talk in terms of grams they talk in, mm-hmm. in terms of weights and measures that mean nothing to me <laughs> that is a gram i it's yeah. a graham cracker. You just break it in half. You put it, make a s'more out of it. That's what a gram is to me. <laughs> so, so talk in terms that that the average human being is going to understand. What would be a normal balanced diet of protein and uh, fat and and carbohydrates? What what in, in normal terms? What would that look like? What would that look like? It 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 is uh, the quick answer on that is a, it's a mixed meal. You know, and there are certain numbers that we can look at. Uh, uh, that that will find that balance. And, and uh, what I tell my students, this is a, a, the quick answer to, the, to your question, okay. is uh, uh, you need to first address having adequate uh, calories. That Whatever you're doing, uh, you have to have adequate calories. That is of the primary and most important thing. That is followed by uh, adequate protein, not getting too much and not getting too little. If you get too much, it will affect your performance. There are some problems there. There are too. some problems there. Yeah, you're getting too much of a good thing. Now, I, I, with that in mind, I'm going to throw out some numbers as a professor. The, uh, <laughs> cool. I, the, the quick answer is how much protein do you need is about 1.2 grams per kilogram to about 2 grams per kilogram. And this is where you got to have a dietitian working with you yeah. to to determine what those quantities are and how it applies. And the third part, as I'm, I would tell my students, is is the third part is adequate carbohydrate. And uh, again, a dietitian, a registered dietitian, they would look at your diet and they look for about five grams uh, to eight grams of carbohydrate per kilogram body weight. So what would eight grams look like? Eight, what I, uh, I tell my students, a gram in general is like a paper clip. And so about eight uh, paper clips what? of, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> about that weight, like, if you add it on your hand. That's not even like two pieces of cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
What kind of diet is this? <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it uh, I, I, it's something that truly should be be uh, measured, and it's not a quick. Uh, this is good for you and this is bad for you, uh, answer. Now, we have to point out that he was saying that much per your body weight. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you weigh more, then it's going to be, the quantity is going to be greater. So you're not going to just be eating eight paper clips worth of, of, of meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it makes sense. Like we, you're we dang other... right. I'm not going to be eating eight paper clips <laughs> of meat. That would be a different yeah. too lean side. Yeah. The, uh, I, you know, and it makes sense. A bigger person, they're going to need more, you know, it, uh, uh compared to a smaller one. So that being said, um, when you go to a professional dietitian or a registered dietitian, um, generally speaking, you're hoping that they're coming up with something that is catered to you specifically, not just to the general population, right? Yes, exactly. And I'm going to go back to looking at, at uh, uh, the range for protein I threw out earlier, the 1.2 to about 2.0. Uh, depending on the type of athlete you are, Okay. Uh, you're at the higher range uh, or maybe the lower range of that range. Uh, usually endurance athletes are at the very, very top. Uh, athletes that are in collision sports are, at, are near the top. Uh, they have a lot of repair they have to do. They're going to need more protein, but, uh, but they don't need bucket loads of protein. You know, it, uh, some of the more, uh, I'm going to call them easier sports, even though that might the, uh, oh, yeah, you, just, you just entered yeah. controversial water controversial, here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they would be at that lower end of that range. But uh, yes, you can customize the diet to the athlete's needs. Mm-hmm. It's all measured cool. and it's all based on science that has many, many, many studies going back many years to determine those numbers. So, so I appreciate that. And like Jeff said, sometimes we get caught up in the grams and the kilograms mm-hmm. and either we just need to embrace it here or we need to figure out how to convert it better some way. But, but, um, but I, I appreciate what you're also saying from an athletic standpoint of understanding the ranges and, you know, what, uh, what you need to do to really fuel yourself. And we have a lot of athletes that listen to the show and, and, you know, I, I love that we can provide that. If you're a non-athlete or if you're just kind of an occasional athlete and you want to sit down and eat a healthy meal, what does that look like on your dinner plate? Oh, the quick answer on that is that uh, it should have a lot of mixed, uh, what they call a mixed meal, have plenty of fruits and vegetables. You know, I tell my students, you know, that five a day that we talked about about 10 years ago uh, is good. I, if you're looking at your dinner plate, let's, let's make a visual here. Sure. Uh, about half of it should be vegetables. About a quarter of it should be a, a meat and a bean and okay. or bean. And about a quarter of it should be a grain, a bread. Uh, Some rice, maybe. Exactly. So yeah, I like rice. we're doing a pie chart talking about how to eat your food. Yep. I, I like that. That makes perfect sense to me. So, I can visualize a pie mm-hmm. chart. So yep. half of it is apple. The other half is is, is the crust. Lemon That's meringue. the grain. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that uh, that really helps, that visualization. So half of it is fruits and vegetables, a quarter of it is a grain, a bread, or a rice or something, mm-hmm. and then a quarter of it is meat. I think that's something that we can all understand and get behind. Meat or protein, because he did say beans. Protein. Yeah, yeah. Pro- uh, they, uh, beans, meat, you know, any type of protein like that. Awesome. Well, Dr. Hansen, thank you for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. I think you shared some really interesting things and uh, stuff that's, that's, I think, worth applying. Oh, you know? yeah, definitely. Great, great guest. Thank yeah, you. So, so we appreciate you being here with us, and hopefully we can have you back sometime. Oh, I'd love to come back. So, Jeff, it's time for my weekly invitation. 
Well, it's about time that people start listening to your invitation. <laughs> well, a lot of people are listening. They are. They are. They really are. That invitation is to go ahead and get yourself registered for the Huntsman World Senior Games. It's like that brand says, just do it. Now is the time. It is. Just do it. As of this morning, we had over 6,600 registered participants, That's which is cool. very high for this time of year. It is. I think it's going to be a fantastic event, probably even a record-breaking event. So don't delay. You want to visit SeniorGames.net and register today. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. And remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn and Spotify. And Jeff, it is easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. You just have to do a search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life podcast. Hit that, hit that subscribe button. And then every time we release a new episode, you will be notified. And, and who would want to miss one of our episodes? I can't think of a single person. No. After you've subscribed, give us a rating and write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. Another great way to listen to the podcast is to simply ask your smart speaker to play it. If you ask Siri, Alexa, or your Google Home device to play the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life podcast, it will play the most recent episode. And, and if, you're, if you can't find it, it's not a smart speaker. That's right. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day, the hardest battle you will ever fight is between who you are now and who you want to be. Oh, boy, is that true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone. Bye.